This program has been made possible by the friends and partners of Joyce Meyer Ministries. How we think about things is what becomes our reality. Don't sit around and have attitudes about everybody and their business and what they're doing. Mess with your own deal. One of the things that causes us so much unhappiness and steals our peace is judging other people who do things that we would never do. Not things that the word covers. If God says don't do it, then you don't do it. But just, I mean, you know, there's a lot of things I could think of. I mean, I know men, great men and women of God that go and see movies that I wouldn't go to see. I just wouldn't do it. I wouldn't have peace about it if I did it. I wouldn't want anybody to see me, Adam. And so I went through a period of time where that was a problem for me. How could you possibly go see that and call yourself a Christian? And if I think about it very long, sometimes I still have a hard time with it. So I've decided to mind my own business. Because I'm only going to give an account for my life. Now, I'm not talking about your children. You need to set boundaries for your children and make, you know, have them live by a standard. But Paul said, look, the meat that's been offered to idols is really nothing. (laughs) If you have the faith to eat it, eat it. But faith means you can do it and not have a guilty conscience. We make such a big deal over things and we decide what a person's heart is based on how they're dressed, how they fix their hair, do they have any ink on their body. And most of the people that really need to be in church, the church would run them off when they walked in. Because you don't look like I do, you don't do what I do. And here's what we need to understand. Teach people the love of God. Teach them how to have a personal, intimate relationship with God. And then let God tell them what they shouldn't do. It didn't take long for God to tell me and show me that he didn't want me smoking cigarettes. And I started smoking when I was nine. Now, I'm probably going to get a few letters, but here I go. You know? I don't think it's going to send you to hell. Let's see. Look how quiet you got. Look at that. I mean, you may not want me to do this, but here goes. The Bible says all kinds of stuff about not overeating. But it doesn't say anything about smoking. Now, it does say don't do things that are going to harm your body. And I don't think it's good to do. And I don't believe there's a smoking section in heaven. And I'm not recommending it. Amen. And you know, it's just kind of a stinky, nasty, expensive habit. But here again, what, who do I, can I really look at somebody and say, oh, well, you smoke. You, you have, can I tell you something? Having a bad attitude 
A bitter, resentful, hateful attitude is worse than all that. You know why? Because it's what's going on in me. And I tell you, some real hardcore religious people are some of the meanest people in the whole world. I remember my aunt one time telling me I was going to go to hell for wearing blue eyeshadow. And this is exactly the kind of stuff that turns people off to Christianity. You can't do this and you can't do that. You can't do this and you can't do that. You can't do this and you can't do that. Well, why don't we talk about the fun we can have, the joy we can have, how great it is to not have to feel guilty all the time and to not be condemned all the time. I don't know about you, but I am enjoying being a Christian. But you're never going to draw anybody to Christ if all you do is judge them and criticize them and tell them everything they can't do. That's exactly why Jesus ate with publicans and sinners. And then he let the, the glory and the beauty of what was in him, the God in him, the, the way that he lived his life, draw them to him. I'm not talking about compromising and doing things that you shouldn't be doing, but I'm talking about realizing what is really important and what's not important. You guys were funny, man. You got quiet at all the right spots, <laughs> which just proves to me <laughs> well, I'm right. <laughs> And you, you understand, I'm not recommending that you do any of that. I'm just saying that we need to realize what's important. And me having a critical judgmental attitude about your tattoo would certainly be worse than your tattoo. Man, I am not reading my mail at all for the next three months. Lord have mercy. I mean, back in the Bible, they wore nose rings and ear rings and, man, all kinds of stuff. Then we tell people, no, no this and no that. Well, didn't Paul, well, Joyce, didn't Paul say they shouldn't wear jewelry? Didn't Paul say that? No, what Paul was talking about was the way prostitutes in those days dressed. And he said, don't come into the church dressed like a prostitute, and I will tell you the same thing. As a woman of God, you don't need to be sexy. You need to be godly. Amen. And you don't need to have on something so low cut that everybody can see what they got no business seeing. Doesn't that judgmental attitude steal your joy? How many of you could just enjoy your life more if you would just mind your own business? <laughs> You know, a great scripture, I think it's Romans 12, 14, every man will give an account of himself. See, God's not going to ask you about anybody else. He's only going to ask you about you. And if somebody is doing something that really is sin that the Bible covers, you can pray for them. You can pray that God will open their eyes. If, he, if you're in a position to bring correction to them, which most of us are not, but if you are, 
I believe a good friend will bring a good word of correction to somebody that's open to it. I don't think we should just pat everybody on the head and say, everything you're doing is fine. It's none of my business. No, if a good friend of mine is about to get into adultery, I'm going to tell him. And I'm not going to apologize for it or mince any words about it. But it's not my business how they cut their hair or how they color their hair or, you know, whatever. How much sugar they eat, you know. Every healthy person wants to tell everybody else what they should eat. <laughs> one of my sons shaves his head and the younger one. And he's so good looking he can get by with it. But he has just got gorgeous hair. And it took me probably at least 10 years to shut up about his hair. <laughs> See, this is, listen to me, parents. This is the stuff we do that causes our kids to not want to come around. It took me a while, too, with the jeans with holes in it. That, that took me a while. Like, um, you look like a rag picker. I'll buy you some clothes if you need some. <laughs> See, I come from another generation. We didn't buy our stuff torn up. We bought it new and then <laughs> let it wear out. But it's not a biblical issue. Are you understanding me? It is not a biblical issue. It's our opinion. And so the thing is, is if you don't want to wear them, don't wear them. But if somebody else is going to wear them. Now, I'm not going to let people dress like that up here. You know why? It's my deal. I call the shots. But <laughs> but you know, they dress different than I did when I started. Even the ones that are here. I mean, I've got some, hmm, wow. I mean, we've got some amazing worship bands. and Well, it took me a while to get used to it. I mean, one guy, bless his heart, he led worship for us for such a long time, and he's really well known. I teased him about it, so I'm not talking behind his back. I mean, when he would show up, his hair looked just like he just got out of bed. Like, I mean, it, it looked like mine does when I get up, which is not very good. And... He told me one day, he said, it took me about 35 minutes to get my hair to do this. I thought, you got to be kidding. See, there was a time in my life when I didn't know that God could anoint denim. I thought, God, I thought you could only have the anointing if you had on polyester. I didn't think you could wear denim. I'm serious. You know what that is? That's a stinking religious attitude that just keeps people away from God. And so I'm so lost now, I guess I might as well just go with this because I'm not going to get back. So. How we think about things is what becomes our reality. Don't sit around and have attitudes about everybody and their business and what they're doing. Mess with your own deal. <laughs> Take care of yourself. Make sure that your heart is right before God. And let, and let God tell other people the things that he needs to tell them. You know, and sometimes, I mean, sometimes even when people are doing something actually really morally wrong, according to the Bible... 
God still doesn't want us to tell them. He wants to have time to tell them. Boy, that was a little harder. All right, I'll give you an example. When I was younger in ministry, a lady came to me for counseling, and she had just received Christ, and she was really excited. And in the process of the conversation, I found out she was living with her boyfriend. Well, I could hardly wait for her to be quiet so I could tell her that that wasn't going to work, you know, that she needed to not be doing that. And I mean, God spoke to me, and he said, no, no. When the time's right, I'll tell her. See, sometimes people have to get grounded enough in God, and they have to love God enough to be willing to give up a wrong thing. Now, here again, do I think that was right? No, but God sees a person's heart. I don't know where she came from. I don't know what she went through. I don't know what the situation was in her life. God is the one that knows everything. And God is well able to bring correction to people. All he wants us to do is pray, pray, pray. And if God tells you to say something, then you say it. But we should not. Well, I'm going to tell you this, and I'm going to tell you that, and I'm going to tell you this, and I'm going to tell you that. This has to be a word from God because I still don't know where it's coming from. Wouldn't, wouldn't we be so much happier and enjoy our lives so much more if we could accept people where they're at on the way to where they're going? See, that's, that's why... And to be honest with you, this is one of the things that I appreciate about my husband probably as much or more than anything else. I mean, I was just a train wreck when him and I got married. And, you know, Dave and I only had five dates and got married. and It had to be quick before he found out what he was getting. Now, I don't recommend that either, but it worked for us. Five dates, went out five times. He said the first time he saw me, he knew I was the girl that he was going to marry. And I thought, well, you were either hearing from God or had a mental problem, one of the two. And, uh, but Dave has always let me be me. And the version of me keeps changing. But somehow or another, he manages to enjoy the current me <laughs> while I'm becoming the next me that I'm going to be. Do you understand what I'm saying? And so, remember what you were like when you came to the Lord. Remember some of the things that you did, that it took a while for God's conviction to come into your life strong enough for you to want to give it up. Remember some of those things and don't think because you've been a Christian now for 10 years that that gives you a license to now tell everybody else in the whole world what they ought to do. We all want to give victory lessons. Oh, yes, I used to have a problem with that. Let me tell you what you need to do. <laughs> for let him who wants to enjoy life. Is that you? You want to enjoy life? 
Let him who wants to enjoy life and see good days, good whether apparent or not, keep his tongue free from evil and his lips from guile. Uh-oh. You can improve your own joy by how you talk. Proverbs 18, 20. A man's moral self shall be filled with the fruit of his mouth. And with the consequences of his words, he must be satisfied, whether good or evil. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they who indulge it shall eat the fruit of it, for death are for life. So we eat our words, don't we? Some kinds of talk to avoid. Excessive talking about your problems. I don't care how much people love you. They get tired of hearing your deal all the time. Hmm. Critical comments. They don't do any good anyway. So, prideful comments. <laughs> Complaining. Gossiping. Exposing other people's Problems are false. It's called tail-bearing. Did you hear? Can you believe? I heard. Now listen, I'm only going to tell you this because I want you to pray. And that is the worst one of all. Now we're trying to spiritualize gossip. By putting a little God touch on it. <laughs> the Bible says in Ephesians 4.30 that all this kind of stuff grieves the Holy Spirit. Now, one of the attitudes that will actually steal your joy probably quicker than anything else is an unforgiving, bitter attitude. I don't know who you might be mad at today, but... You'd be amazed at the number of people who walked in here mad today. <laughs> Possibly with somebody you're mad at. <laughs> oh, Dave and I used to go to church all the time together mad. We'd fight all the way to church, and when we got to the front door, praise the Lord. <laughs> Come on, how many of you have done it? So you're showing this one outer life to people, this phony outer life, and something totally different is going on on the inside. But the kingdom of God is in us. Christ is in us. Amen? Amen? We want peace in our circumstances. He wants peace in our heart. <laughs> Do you know why Jesus could speak peace to the storms? Because he had peace in him. If you have peace in you, then the storms of life are not going to rattle you nearly as much as they do. See, you can do one thing. You can do what you think is the right thing while thinking and feeling the wrong thing. But the real part of us that God cares about more than any part of us is the inner life. 
And to be honest, this was a real eye-opener for me, probably, I don't know how many years ago, 25, 30 years ago, when God began to show me all this stuff about the inner life. Because, you know, we can easily get caught up into all this outward stuff. Well, look at me. I'm a good Christian. I've got on a jewelry and come to my house. I've got all of Joyce Meyer's books. And I've got all of her CDs. I've even got some of the old cassette tapes. I mean, I've been listening to her so long. Okay, I'm going to make some coffee, and then i got to update you on some stuff that's going on at church. You are not going to believe what Sister Brown did. And did you see that crazy haircut that John just got? My gosh. So we think we're spiritual because we've got all the outward paraphernalia. But as I say all the time, it's going to take more than a bumper sticker and a Jesus pin to convince the world that we've got anything worth having. You will know them by their fruit. Amen. Attitudes. Thoughts. What about a guilty conscience? That's inside you. You know, the apostle Paul said that He really worked with God to keep himself free from having a guilty conscience. He said, I keep my conscience void of offense toward God and man. That's in Acts 24, 16. He said, I strive to keep my conscience clear toward God and man. You know what that means? If you've mistreated somebody, you get yourself out of here today and you go apologize to them. I said, if you have mistreated somebody, if you've been rude to somebody, if you've been selfish and self-centered with somebody, if you've said something that you shouldn't have said to somebody, I mean, even if you have been gossiping to somebody about somebody else, it would be a really cool witness if you would go back and say, you know what, I need to apologize to you for talking about that other person to you the other day. That really wasn't my place to do, and I was out of line, and I ask you to forgive me. Then you'd think twice about doing it the next time. (laughs) Joyce answers your question of the day soon, so stay with us. Thank you, Joyce, for sharing such great things. And thank you, God, for having such patience with us when we're talking about our mind and our mouth and our moods and some of those bad attitudes. We all need to learn to focus more on our inner life and allow God to transform our heart because that's really what makes the difference so that we can draw people to him by the way that we live instead of trying to do it by what we say or uh, even those things that we think will make the difference. We've got to focus on Christ and let his spirit flow through us. This teaching that Joyce has called Mind, Mouth, Moods, and Attitudes, if you're like me and you hear those words and you think, wow, okay, that is something I need, you can pick it up. So many people have seen a huge difference in their lives because of this teaching. And it's all because of what the Bible says about those areas of our life. You will get four hours of teaching on CD, and you'll also get a little booklet called Victory in Your Mind, Mouth, Moods, and Attitudes. And this little booklet is a great way 
way to get a jump start on what we're talking about. It's also great to carry around with you if you need a refresher or to give to someone else. But both of these resources are available to you um, also as a download if you would prefer to go that way. So work on your words today. Work on that attitude. Change the way you're thinking and let God shine through you. Does your mouth get you in trouble? Do your thoughts automatically go negative? Are you tired of living that way? With God's help, you can change. Learn how to transform your thoughts and words and see how it affects your attitudes for the better with Joyce's four-part CD series, Mind, Mouth, Moods, and Attitudes. I'd had a lot of anger issues, but um, didn't even realize how, how deep it was until about a year later, after going through the series, I realized, wow, I... I'm not angry like that anymore. It's just good for your heart and your soul, you know, to be happy and to have a good attitude. Along with the CD series, you'll also receive the booklet, Victory in Your Mind, Mouth, Moods, and Attitudes for your gift of $20 or more. Visit us at JoyceMeyer.org or call us toll-free at 1-800-727-9673. If you are a medical care professional, we need your help. In fact, people all over the world need your help. And it's an opportunity that will change your life as well. You see, through our volunteer medical trips, we travel all over the world to places that are very remote and have desperate need of health care. So go to our website, check out the schedules, and join us right here. We hope to see you soon. Take the time you need and just breathe. Conquer fear and anxiety and be sweet to your soul at the Love Life Women's Conference. Get recharged through powerful messages from Joyce Meyer. You are a woman of God and women are powerful. World, watch out. Here we come. Stephen Furtick. God is fighting for you. You get his help. You get his strength. You get his miracles. Annie F. Downs. You feel like you're in the fire. I'm here to say that God is going to pull you out. Lisa Osteen Combs. He is my strong tower, and I can run to him, and I will always be saved. Dave Meyer. And music with Torn Wells and Chris Tomlin. Join us in peachy, sun-kissed Atlanta, Georgia, or high up in the mountains of Denver, Colorado. Space is limited. Register by the end of April for special pricing at JoyceMeyer.org slash lovelife. Joyce, we have a question for you today from Charity in Pennsylvania. And she says, how do I help my daughter heal from the abuse of her father and even what I've put her through. What's a good way to help a child through difficult times? Well, encouragement, obviously. But, um, you know, she might need some professional help. She might need some good Christian counseling. It may take time, but I, for me, because I was abused, probably one of the biggest problems I had was I didn't like myself. Mm-hmm. And so... Since, you know, it's an awfully big subject and I can only give a short answer, I would say the best thing to do is to help the girl know who she is in Christ and that what happened to her, as far as God's concerned, is gone and buried and and done. And to trust him to heal 
her soul now. And those wounds sometimes do take time to heal. You know, one of our recent book releases was Healing the Soul of a Woman. And, uh, of course, that would be great for her because it is a process. It's not something that happens overnight. So I think love, love, and encouragement, 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 and um, just help the girl not to use the abuse as an excuse for bad behavior. Sometimes we fall into that trap of, well, you know, I act like this because. Mm -hmm. But what God put in my heart is that's why you're the way you are, but don't let it become an excuse to stay that way. We hope you enjoyed today's program. For more information, visit JoyceMeyer.org. This program has been made possible by the friends and partners of Joyce Meyer Ministries.